Welcome to Ghostly. Is the White Sanitarium haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. So what's been going on, Rebecca? Well, I had a great time this week calling into Bob After Dark because he had a special guest. Oh, yeah? Who was that? Uh, it's this guy. He's a skeptic. It's, so it's kind of oh. weird that Bob had him on a show. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the topic that we were talking about uh, on this show? So this was interesting. I called in about a ghost story, but the topic of the episode was alien. Yeah, it was Bob Lazar. Which you are not as skeptical about as one might no, believe. No, actually, if you guys want to hear me believing in something, maybe you should listen to Bob's latest episode. <laughs> Definitely. Very interesting. Yeah, I you know, I had a really good time and I've been wanting Bob to do that episode for the longest time. Yeah. I didn't think it was appropriate for ghostly. Um, but I thought that Bob After Dark, it was definitely appropriate for. Yeah, for sure. So uh, do we have any listener mail? We do, we do. I I'm excited. We have a another, well, not uh, voicemail. We'll call it a voicemail, but an audio file. Ooh. There you go. She sent an audio file from Erin. Um, she's just a great storyteller. She's uh, very vivid. You can really feel feel yourself in this situation. Uh, and I can't wait for everyone to hear it. All right. I can't wait to hear it either. Let's go right now. Okay. Hey, guys. This is Erin uh, from North Mississippi. I'm new to your podcast, but uh, I've liked what I've heard so far. But I um, I came across the part where y'all were wanting people to send in like their, uh, their ghostly experience. So I thought I would tell y'all this one. Um, one of the first places I lived, like, from zero to four or five, was this place called Witch Dance in North Mississippi. It's, like, a game area, like a hunting area. And um, it already has some lore behind it. Um, obviously, the name's Witch Dance. That's odd. Um, and the whole story goes is that once upon a time, there was a witch that lived there. And that... Um, when she was doing her witchly dances, I guess, uh, wherever her feet landed, the grass wouldn't grow. And there are spots out there, like, in the shape of a foot that are just bare. Uh, so I guess that's where that came from. But that's not really where we're there for. It's also uh, the beginning of the Trail of Tears uh, for the Native Americans. And um, it's where the, I believe, the old Natchez Trace began not the current one that they have marked for uh just modern travelers or sightseers or whatever but um there's also some stuff about like pentagram somebody carved a pentagram in an old tree uh years ago and we we did have people that would show up there during halloween you'd see them walking through the woods it'd be like a large group of people and you had to make sure to put your animals up or else they would get sacrificed 
Um, but still, that's actually not why I'm here. The uh, beginning of my story is we were sitting on my front porch. It was, it was like an old lodge we used to live in. Uh, I guess it was like the hunting lodge uh, that got converted in just to a regular house. And we lived there because my dad actually was a uh, forest watchman. And there was a tower right by the house to watch uh, the game area. And we were sitting on the front porch, we, me and my mother. I was probably about three or four years old at that time. And she was on the phone with my Aunt Sis. And um, when we were sitting there, there are trails that go all through the woods there. Uh, It's actually a little bit of a dangerous place to be, just wildlife and stuff quicksand and um but beautiful walking trails if you're brave enough to do it well one came up on the far or came out on the far right side of our property and uh looped around to the far left side and if you sat on our front porch you would see it like as the trail came out into what was essentially our front yard well we're sitting there and then just all of a sudden it was like a group of period dressed native americans and they were just walking and they all looked depressed and sad and my mom was trying not to like freak out but she says something to my my aunt says she's like you won't believe what i'm seeing right now and they just walked the little gravel path in front of our house and um one as they crossed in front of directly where we were sitting like the the gravel path was like maybe 10 feet in front of what was my front doorstep that we were sitting on um this guy came out and this is a native american and um again dressed in period clothing came out and and walked in front of us and said something to us and whatever language he spoke, I couldn't understand it. And uh, he said what he had to say. It took maybe a minute. And he walked back um, to the group. And they just continued walking until they disappeared around the uh, left far side of the trail. And we were just in shock that i didn't really think that much about it as a kid because for some reason i just expected to see native americans it's not that kind of place um i mean there's like a girl scout camp you know you're in the middle of the woods but it's not like oh or their tribe's still there they're not um but it happened and uh we didn't really know how to interpret the situation my mom was glad she was on the phone with my aunt sis so that she could tell somebody what was happening as it happened but uh and that's not the only weird kind of ghost story or paranormal event we've had happen in the family but that's one of the most memorable ones that that i can think of uh it's not every day that you see a whole tribe of period dressed native americans just walk out of the woods one come talk to you and then just disappear i mean it's wild i don't have any explanation for it it just happened and nothing weird happened after that it wasn't like a the first event in a long line of them it wasn't it was just random and we didn't have any hauntings or anything at that house despite how old it was it you were just in the middle of the woods
but anyway that's my story and uh i enjoy the podcast keep it keep it up guys thanks bye wow okay uh that reminds me of like jim morrison Oh, yeah, a little bit, I guess. That yeah. they were driving and saw some Native Americans uh, that got into an accident. Oh, right. I, yes, that's coming yeah. back to me. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just you can imagine the house and, and the woods and just everything. And um, yeah, anyways, just a really uh, interesting story. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Aaron. We we appreciate you doing that. Uh, and if somebody else would like to do the same exact thing, what would they do? Um, they just need to uh, send it to us in any way they want. You could again, you could do the same, do that. You could record it um, on your own and, and just email it to us at info at ghostlypodcast.com. Or you can send us a voicemail if that's just easier for you. If you don't want to record it on your own, 630-448-2138. You can also, of course, type it up. Yeah. And email it to us. Uh, or how else could they send it to oh, us? Oh, yeah. They could actually send it in the mail. Yeah. Like the U.S. Post Office right? mail. And uh, they could send that to P.O. Box number 264 in Geneva, Illinois, 60134. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of great stories, uh, but we need more. I cannot get enough. I want a enough. paper one. I want one on paper, <laughs> handwritten, that yeah. I can't read. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, man, I am so excited about the polls this time. Really? Yeah, I'm never excited. Today, I just woke up and I was like, I'm excited about the polls. Well, that's interesting. All right. Yeah. Okay, so you ready to hear the results then? I am. So what was it about? What All right. You- so our question was, in our last episode, we talked about Amneville Horror House. And the question was, is the Amneville House haunted? So, so you're feeling you're feeling super positive about this results. I'm not confident, but I am positive about it. I, okay, because feeling... usually you're like in the you know depths of despair, yeah, despondent. T- I, I have I have a really good feeling. Okay, well, uh, yes. Oh, twenty eight point one percent. No, seventy one point nine percent. Ha ha. Your good feeling was justified. Yeah, I mean, I kind of knew going in. I was really hoping. I was I was actually kind of bummed out at first. I was like, if these people all vote that this is a haunted thing. <laughs> After both of us were like, nah, we don't think yeah. so. <laughs> wow, so I won one. You wow. did. Well, I want to say we won one since uh, we were both on the no side for no, that one. No, I'm not letting you take my side, and this is not going to be a tie like you pulled <laughs> off in one other episode somehow. <laughs> I have a victory. Uh, okay. This is a victory for hashtag Team Skeptic. Okay. It, yeah. is, a, it is a victory for ha- hashtag team skeptic that is true not for pat but for hashtag team skeptic yes well for for pat too i mean (laughs) (laughs) why why do you win when you win Uh but i lose somehow when i win i don't know how that works it's just it's just how it works (laughs) all right we're just going to get right into this episode uh this episode is about the white sanitarium or the the old 
insane asylum of Wichita Falls, Texas. We are so excited to go to Texas. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We have so many listeners there and very exciting. I bet it's super hot right right, right about oh, there. Oh yeah. Right and now. you know, and I know Louisiana got the brunt of, of the hurricane, but Texas certainly got its share yeah. as well. So everybody in our thoughts for that as well. So this episode was recommended by a listener and went into our first listener choice poll. But it came in second. So we decided that second place on the listener choice polls means that we will eventually do the episode, but just at a later date. So we put it in our rotation, and here we are. Mm -hmm. So there are rumors that there were numerous experiments done on its patients, and we're going to look into those claims. But this is listed as one of the most haunted spots in the United States. It sat vacant for 50 years and now uh, is a private residence. Yeah, we'll definitely talk more about that. It's interesting. So do you have a ghost story for us? I do have a ghost story. Well, let's hear it then. All right. Uh, And this one I'm going to say is based on local folklore about White Sanitarium. All right. Okay. Bill and I had the craziest <gasps> night last night. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. So is this through Ted's perspective? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not Bill and Ted? Uh, you know what? If you want it to be- Bill and I had the craziest experience <laughs> last night, dude. Did you see the latest movie? I did. It was so good. Did you see it? Uh, actually, uh, I did see it. And uh, you were like, you need to watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I mean- we're old enough that Bill and Ted is like, you know, to the heart. It's uh, yeah. it's important. Yeah, it was good. Definitely. It definitely recommend it. Sorry to interrupt you. I just got really excited. You there. did. Took us out of the mood. <laughs> Bill and I. <laughs> now I have to use a different name. I don't think I can say you Bill can. anymore. All right. <laughs> Bill and I had the craziest experience last night. Like, I don't even know how to talk about it. I mean... To try and tell somebody this just makes it sound insane. But I promise it's true. It really happened. Just just hear me out. We decided to go to the old insane asylum outside of town. You know, the old white sanitarium where they kept mentally ill people way back in the 20s. Well, it's empty now because the people that live there moved out and no one wants to live there now. Bill said his uncle told him he and his friends went there years ago and saw crazy lights and heard voices. So we thought, all right, let's go check it out. (laughs) But I'm kind of wishing we hadn't. We went there late. It was totally dark. I mean, you're kind of far from everything and it was hard to see once we turned off the car. Bill said we should walk around it first and then see if we could look in the windows. So we started around the house and it was really cool looking from what we could see with it so dark almost like a big fancy house. We heard some creepy noises, but nothing that didn't just seem like the wind. But then I swear I heard the sound of kids laughing. I mean, I suppose it could have just been the wind, but it was different than the normal sound, and I only heard it that one time. We decided to get closer and look in the window in the front. I assume it would have been the living room, It was hard to see anything, but as we got closer, the moon seemed to come out or our eyes adjusted. At least I think that's what it was. And we could kind of see inside. It looked like the previous owners had left some furniture. 
In fact, all of the sudden, I saw a table with chairs. Then there were people. I know, it sounds crazy, and it was just for a few seconds, but I swear, I saw people sitting at the table. And, okay, you're going to think I'm the crazy one, but I swear they were playing cards. It was gone after a few seconds, but that is what I saw. I mean, obviously, I screamed and started backing away from the window. Bill just stood there with his mouth open. Then he turned to me and said, did you see that? I said, yes, let's get out of here. He came to where I was standing and we looked back at the house. A light came on on the second floor. I couldn't believe it. We busted it out of there. I don't know. I don't know. It was so freaky. I know you don't believe me. No one will, but I swear it's true. It's what really happened. Wow. And this was based on um, that people have said that they saw people playing poker in there. Yeah, that's one of the reported stories, sightings of teenagers that have gone there in the night. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we should take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the history. Let's do it. So here at Ghostly, we have a new sponsor, Sinister Coffee and Creamery. Yeah, Sinister Coffee and Creamery is a shop in Portland owned by an amazing couple, Kelly and Michelle, who are also super into the paranormal and do their own investigations in addition to making amazing coffee. What's really cool is that they pick their coffee names to give insight into the deeper meaning behind supernatural and paranormal terminology. Our favorite blend is Apparition. It's a medium roast with delicious chocolate oats. And Ghostly listeners get 10% off when they use the code GHOSTLY10 on their order at SinisterCoffeeAndCreamery.com. And that will be in our show notes, too. It will. So order some today and enjoy a little ghost with your coffee. All right. Uh, it's time we get into the history section. The Pat Facts. Pat Facts! Pat's Facts. From a skeptic point of view. Pat's Facts. He presents it all to you. Pat's Facts. 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 <laughs> And and there isn't that much history of this building, though, unfortunately. Um, So I thought that before we talk about the building itself, we should probably take a look at the history of mental illness. Yeah. I found a lot of this stuff to be fascinating. And I think, you know, it, it could definitely add to the whole idea of this being a haunted place. Definitely. So when we think of treatment of modern day mental illness, It's changed a lot in a relatively short time. I mean, if you think about it, in the 1950s, uh, they were treating patients that had mental illness with lobotomies and electroconvulsive therapy. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. 
And uh, nowadays, people, you know, can take a pill for a lot of these things. Yeah, or we have, you know, therapy too, you know, a lot of things. Yeah. So much has changed nowadays. A mental illness that used to involve locking a person into an almost prison cell can be treated with a single medication. And it's not even like this was done 100 years ago. Uh, This was like 50 years ago. There are people alive today that at one time were locked up without ever a thought that they would have any kind of freedom in their lives. And not only are they free today, but they're living productive lives. So it's just crazy when you think about that. Yeah, we've definitely come a long way with a long way to go. Yes. So historically, mental disorders have had three major explanations. And these are, this is, this is, this is like a timing thing. One happened, then another started happening, then another. Okay, and this, so it wasn't all at once. So this is what, how people explained it. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So then, so there was at first the supernatural. People had no idea why some people, you know, acted differently to different situations. So people took it as being a supernatural thing. Sometimes they even believed that someone possessed a person. Gotcha. And that's what would cause them to have a mental illness. Okay. Um, But then it evolved, and they started to realize that it it could be biological. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. And um, much later, they realized that it could be psychological. So that's how, you know, the spectrum kind of went. Okay. Mental illness was often thought of as the result of something evil that someone had done, like a punishment from the gods. And if we held on to this belief system, it made caring for people with mental illness to be a very, very difficult thing. Because if they did something to cause this, then um, did they really deserve kindness? Did they really deserve care? You know, if you think about it in those kind of terms, if this is like a punishment that they are living out, do they really deserve care? And that's how people thought of things back then. That explains a lot. Absolutely. And in fact, in a lot of cultures, uh, any kind of sickness at all, both physical or mental, was considered the result of sin or displeasing of the gods or the god, whatever. Syphilis was one of the first diseases that disproved this, though. Syphilis was a disease that caused madness in its later stages, and uh, they could see that one person would have the disease and then transmit it to someone else. So that's when it went from uh, supernatural to a biological thing. That makes sense, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, But people held onto the concept that mental illness could be supernatural, and uh, some even still do to this day. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly um, religions or groups that we've had over the the last 50 years that will explain behavior or mental problems as the person deserves it. Yeah. Because they committed yep. a sin or did something bad, they brought it on themselves. This is a very old, old belief. I mean, in fact, people would believe that you had bad crops because you committed some sin. Right. 
you know, um, or that, you know, you came into misfortune because of that. And if you were very successful, then you were, you know, friends with the God or uh, right or God. I'm sorry, gods or God. Yes, depending on where we are in, in time or place, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but between the 16th to the 18th century, some people diagnosed with mental illness were put into workhouses or poorhouses or even jail. But the rich or the more elite of those days started to fund private madhouses for their relatives. So yeah. that's how the... Um, that's how it started when we started getting mental, mental asylums or sanitariums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As, total aside, nerdiness for anyone that's interested. Um, there's a book called The Professor and the Madman that is about the writing or the creation of the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which sounds super boring, but I promise you- It is. It's a crazy story. Super interesting story and a great book. And he is definitely one of those rich people that ends up in a a private um, madhouse. But he was in jail for a while, too. He was, exactly. He, um, yeah. And he wrote this dictionary, which yeah. is not anything like a dictionary that that we think of. So, anyways, if you're <laughs> if you're interested in something kind of different, uh, I would recommend that book. Okay. Uh, during the 17th century and into the Enlightenment period, madness was increasingly seen as an organic physical phenomenon, no longer involving the soul or any moral responsibility. A very good step in the right direction, but this made people view the mentally ill in a very bad way. Uh, The mentally ill were typically viewed as insensitive wild animals. Harsh treatment and restraint in chains was seen as therapeutic, helping suppress the animal passions. I mean, we've mistreated people with mental illness for the longest time. I, I can't believe some of the things that you read about. Yeah, I, I mean, and it certainly isn't like we're perfect today, um, but we've come come a long way in really understanding things. It It is hard to even imagine 50 years ago. Yeah. You know, um, madhouse owners would sometimes boast of their ability to use a whip. It was so bad in some of the public asylums that were created, that people were often treated secondary to prisoners. So prisoners had better better treatment wow. than, than the mentally ill. Um, Bedlam was one of the most notorious, and at one time, spectators could pay a penny to watch the patients as a form of entertainment. That's so interesting. And then that's where we get the word bedlam, too. That's kind of weird. Uh, Towards the end of the 18th century, a moral treatment movement developed. It implemented more humane, psychosocial, and personalized treatments. And then the 19th century saw a massive growth of the number and size of insane asylums in every Western country. It was a process called the Great Confinement, or the Asylum Era. Previous to this, the mentally ill were considered to be the responsibility of the families. But during this period, numerous laws were passed that uh, compelled authorities to deal with those judged insane. 
So the big moral treatment movement gave way to large impersonal institutions with huge patient capacities. And also by putting so many people together in these institutions, uh, there was a complex mix of mental and social economic problems, which could often make make the patient's mental illness even worse. Sure. I mean, you know, because we know now, I mean, God, there's such a big variety out there that Absolutely. they definitely don't always mix. Yeah, it was around this time, I think, too, Nellie Bly, right, like went undercover in the mental, um, she, she was a journalist. She went in mm. to expose um, a lot of the things going on. I think that was after this. Well, it was in the, I don't know, early 1900s, I think. Something okay, like that. yeah, so, maybe. Yeah. 1887 is when she went in and uh, ex- uh, Nellie Bly and exposed a lot of the things that were going on. She was a journalist and, uh, you know, people really didn't know um, all the things that were, yeah. were happening. And she she wanted people to see what was happening to their family members and to people wow. that were put in there. Well, in the early 20th century, things started to change a little. Psychoanalysis was developed. Different classifications of mental disorders meant that actual treatment could begin to be developed. Um, but there was a darker side to this. In the United States, a mental hygiene movement gained momentum and aimed to prevent the disease of insanity through public health methods and clinics. I have not heard of this. Theories of eugenics uh, led to compulsory sterilization movements in many countries around the world for several decades, and eugenics was used by the Nazis prior to and during World War II. Yeah, not want, good stuff. You want to talk about eugenics? Uh, just, yeah, definitely not good. Well, w- I mean, what they were trying to do is breed out things that they thought were undesirable Yeah, by, um, by sterilization. That's where things get horrible. It's yeah, like that they were sterilizing yeah, people so they couldn't have kids because they were less desirable. And... In many ways, this um, transferred to uh, race and even just um, people that they would consider beautiful. Sure. The beautiful could, you know, have children, but the people like me, the ugly, could not (laughs) have children at all. Oh, Patrick. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And that all started in the United States. Right. We often think, oh, no, not here. Yeah, like what that what that Hitler did, we would never have done here. Yeah, it started here actually. Yeah. It just uh the Supreme Court ruled against it, so they weren't able to use it in that capacity anymore. Mm-hmm. Eugenics the concept is still used in in some ways. Um like, you know, if um if by having a child it's going to it's going to that they have a greater chance of catching a certain thing or having a certain thing. They might suggest that you do not have a child. Right. But luckily, I mean, hopefully most of the time it's a suggestion and not a forced thing. Yeah. Uh, During, during the early 1900s, those with mental illness were often restrained for large portions of their days. Uh, Also, they would be locked in a room and not given much time at all to talk with other people. 
So this is where, this is around the 1920s. And this is when um, the white sanitarium was made, was Ooh, was created. We're circling, we're circling back. Yeah, so Dr. Frank S. White was a little different than that. Uh, white had been uh, the head of what is now called the Austin State Hospital before he moved to Northwest Texas. And he had a modern outlook on mental health. Uh, When he opened the White Sanitarium in 1926, he believed his sanitarium should have a more home-like environment, and he didn't want it to look like or feel like a prison. The White Sanitarium was, and it still is, a uh, two-floor building and has about 8,000 square feet. It had two kitchens and four bathrooms. Patients didn't have individual bedrooms they would bunk up with each other which nowadays i mean we would probably be like man you know i wish i could have my own private bedroom and stuff like that but in those days the private bedrooms were all locked you were locked in there right in this case it was trying something different socializing people yeah i mean it was something that that was happening sometimes it just wasn't mainstream at that point gotcha uh, the unfortunate thing is that Dr. White only ran the White Sanitarium for about five years. He was already in his 60s when he opened it. Uh, his health started to become an issue, and it eventually forced him to retire. Now, let me say this, too. The White Sanitarium, um, I've heard that it was a, a tuberculosis uh, hospital. Also, I've heard it was a hospital for the severely um, mentally ill. I've also so, heard that it was a treatment facility in the 30s, 40s and 50s uh, oh, that gotcha. it became okay. that. So there is a lot of conflicting uh information out there and it's really hard for me to figure out exactly what it was at exactly what time. Uh but tuberculosis was a huge thing in the 1920s. So uh he only ran it for 5 years. He was already in his 60s when he had opened it. And this I got from looking at the 1940s census that had Frank um, S. White on it. So it might have been the same Frank S. White. I'm not 100. Okay. um, But he would have been in his 60s. Look at you doing the research. Right, yeah. Uh, His health started to become an issue, and it eventually forced him to retire. The sanitarium remained open, though, until the 1950s. Um, the reason why I say it that way is because um, there's conflicting reports again that it closed prior to the 1950s, and some say that it closed later than 1950, like 1955. The reason why it closed is it took on some flood damage, and uh, it just wasn't in the budget to repair it. Interesting. It's so weird that all this is lost. I mean, again, if it was... 1850 and we didn't know this information but it was 1950 it's that whole thing of you know it's only been i guess now okay we're we're (laughs) way past you know the year 2000 so i guess it really is like yeah 70 years ago now um but still it just seems like you know we were keeping good records at that point you know but hey it that's... I don't. I don't know if it was so much lost or if it wasn't uh, significant. Well, uh, yeah, to, know what people record. didn't think. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. There was a lot of mental institutions 
in in this timing. Yeah. Um, and some of them were good places where they developed treatments, and some of them were very bad places uh, that that did bad things. So the building sat pretty much vacant for 50 years, although teenagers loved it as a hangout. Uh, there's been a couple of owners that have wanted to turn it into private residency, and the current one, uh, he has a YouTube channel, and he has videos of him restoring it, and I love it. I've I've been watching these videos like crazy lately. I would definitely recommend that you subscribe to it. He actually walks you around the whole thing. You get to see every single part of the White Sanitarium. I actually feel like I know the White Sanitarium because of this. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, this is a private residence. Please don't go visit it. Yes, definitely. There's a lot of, if you go on TripAdvisor, there's a lot of, this is a private residence. You can't go inside, right? There's no tours, anything like that. But, you know, definitely subscribe to this YouTube channel. You're yeah. going to get to see every inch of it. I mean, I watched that that first video. I you think you've watched a few more of them. But, um, you know, I, I you see the whole thing. And so you don't need to go there. You, you know, he'll show you everything. And I'm sure if in the future he ever decides to have some sort of event or anything, it'll be on that YouTube channel. So... So go subscribe there and and uh, don't don't go to the place. Yeah, yeah. I I actually reached out to Aubrey. He's the owner of the um the White Sanitarium now, the one with the YouTube channel. Yeah, and uh, he responded, and I asked him a couple of questions because uh, in his video where he tours everything, I didn't see any flood damage. And oh yeah, but you had heard that yeah. in your research. But yeah. I was like, well, was this the reason why the place closed? And he said that there was standing water in the basement for many, many years. Okay. And um that the owner prior to him that actually they 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 had a lot of plans for it, but um but the gentleman passed away and his wife sold the place. So but they said that they they did the restoration of it. Okay. And paid paid handsomely. Gotcha. And I, I feel really bad for this family too because they they've they've had some issues when renovating it. They've had some flooding in the outside. They've their roof. Um, they've had some leaking. The coolest thing is is you're on the second floor. There is a staircase that takes you up, and it almost looks like there's going to be a third floor. It takes you out on the roof. Yeah, and you can just like hang out on the roof. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Um so cool. yeah, uh Aubrey is is awesome. Uh if you want to find his YouTube channel, go to youtube.com slash the white sanitarium. He spells it S A N A T A R I U M. Okay. So, uh, and I'm sure we're going to put this oh, in the yeah. show notes. We will definitely put this in the show notes. And we're going to share it on Ghostly Society and uh, Ghostly's um, Facebook page as well. Yeah, and our YouTube channel. Yeah. I'm sure well, we can make a comment on yeah. our episode. So definitely, if you're not subscribed to Ghostly's YouTube, <laughs> we would love it if you'd do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I would really love to show some some ghostly love to Aubrey. He's... Uh, he gave us permission to do the episode as well. So. Yeah, which was it's always nice 
to have and that's why Absolutely. i don't want any of our listeners to go bother the poor people <laughs> yeah please i mean he's got a family <laughs> yeah and yeah. again he shows you everything you'd ever want to know on his yeah. channel so so do you have anything to add for the history uh, i think we've done pretty good the only thing i'll say is uh if you're interested on TripAdvisor, i'm going to be talking about some of the um, the more paranormal stuff later but um, the s- daughter-in-law of the man who previously owned it, the one that unfortunately put all the money in and but then passed away, yeah. um, she has posted about it. And, okay. you know, she talks, I, I don't think there's anything new as far as the history goes, um, other than she mentions the alcohol and, and drug treatment, um, but has very positive things to say about it. Uh, but then uh, we're going to talk about her thoughts on the paranormal coming up. Awesome. Uh, there is one thing I would like to talk about, though. Mm. Is um so we had mentioned that there were claims that there were experiments done. Oh yeah. To people. Um, you know, looking at the like, if you go on uh, the White Sanitarium's YouTube page and you do the walkthrough of it, um, it's not that big of a place. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I big mean, it's, for like a single family home. Absolutely, but like, yeah. Yeah. But it's not big for a sanitarium. Right. So I would imagine it would be hard for them to have over 20 people, you know, maybe tops 40, 40 patients in there. Absolutely. And um, there would be no room for them to do these experiments. If you're thinking like me, when I think of experiments, I'm thinking of like surgical experiments. Right, right. Like they didn't do lobotomies there because- Lobotomies uh, started in 1949, and this closed in like 1950. Right, and you know, I, and again, going back to both our research, actually Aubrey, and then also this this woman who um, stayed there. You know, at at no, no one says anything other than Dr. White was a helpful person and yeah. was trying to create a relaxing environment for the patients and. That to me says nothing about experiments. Well, the place was open for twenty years after Dr. That's White true. Retired. So I suppose stuff could have happened. We don't know. Yeah, but I mean, looking at the place though, I, I think it would be hard to do experiments given the actual um the size of it. Yeah. And everything. Yeah, I agree. So um okay. Well, let's go ahead and take a break and we will come back with the debate. Listeners, did you know there's a way to share with the world whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic, or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle? It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep, and we even have custom ghostly designs like Microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the Ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your t-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, they just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website and send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you in your ghostly gear.
All right, we're back for the debate. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, no. So you know, it's interesting as you know, we talked a lot about the white sanitarium and its history and yes. how it was a positive, hopefully, place. We're not totally sure, but you know, seems like it was trying to to do do right. Yeah. You know. Do good. Um. Do good always. But despite all of that, it has a paranormal reputation, and I there's a lot of evidence and. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, just because there weren't, you know, horrifying experiments there that we know of, um, you know, that doesn't mean that, uh, there can't be potentially some paranormal stuff going on there. So mm, I don't know if I agree with again, you. Again, that's our debate, right? All that's right, that's a big right. part of it. All right. Um, but I wanted to start the debate with not really a debate. Okay. So as as I mentioned with my story, mm-hmm. there's a lot of folklore yes. that has to do with the white sanitarium yes. or the old insane, insane asylum, mm-hmm. you know, because it was abandoned for a long time. A lot of teenagers going out there in, oh, yeah. in the middle of the night, hanging out, yep. you know, doing so, things, doing things, seeing stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they saw some stuff there. <laughs> right. So I just wanted to, to give a shout out to some of those stories, but they are not what I will be using as my evidence. Oh. Just, yeah, these are just some, I, I do not believe that these so, things so are So we're giving real. a shout out to the teenagers right. that had fun there? To the folklore. Oh, to the folklore. Yeah. Okay. So this is from uh, a man named Mike Cox, who wrote yes. uh, some uh, some articles on the White Sanitarium. I read. Um, yeah. And so he says, local folklore includes tales of floating, glowing ends of cigarettes. Mm. Everyone smoked back then, including ghosts. Uh. Crazy looking apparitions in hospital gowns. A woman in white uh, walking well, we have, the yeah, grounds. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, we haven't had a woman in white in a while. It's so. been a little while, yeah. I've been really surprised. A <laughs> uh, woman in white uh, walking the grounds or staring out of a window. Okay. Children's voices. Lights in the windows at night despite the lack of electrical connection. And even a ghostly stag ding, ding, ding. poker game. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I didn't even have to force that one. It was just in there. Uh, in the former recreation room. So some of these things might come back in some of the evidence that, that that's coming up, but most of these things are, you know, they're just the things that people say, the okay. stories that, that get developed. And we know the truth is probably not quite as extreme as this. Okay. Do you want me to debate that? Is that... I We, we don't have to debate it. If you, you know, any anything to say about folklore? I mean, that's... There's no evidence in that. Folklore is folklore. It's passed on from person to person until it's written down. Um, It's hearsay. Yeah, definitely hearsay for sure. Okay, so let's get into our first real piece of evidence. Let's get into it. Okay, so there is a group uh, called TRIP Mm -hmm. Paranormal. Uh, the Texoma researchers investigating paranormal phenomena. Wow, that's is a what good that name. stands for. So you should definitely check out their page. I'll, yes. I'll certainly link to it. Um, and they have uh, three really good videos that we're going to be referencing for some of this evidence here. Okay. Um, so they they did an investigation in 2008. The previous owner allowed mm-hmm. them in. Yes. 
Um, so this is the first piece of evidence that they write about. Our first visit, KAUZ Channel 6 had sent a cameraman out to record the investigation. He had no more got his camera up and running well and began filming when all the power in his camera, as well as voice recorders, cameras, and other electric devices were suddenly all drained of power. Unfortunately, he did not have a backup camera, so our investigation was not filmed. Did the spirits there not want to be seen or filmed, they ask? Um, Okay, Uh, that's very interesting. And I would say that Okay, maybe maybe it wasn't that he forgot to charge everything. Maybe it maybe it was legit. He had everything charged up. He went out there and nothing worked. Uh, there are areas on this earth that um, can can give problems can can create problems for electronic equipment that can cause stuff like this. It doesn't necessarily mean that it is a ghost. Doing it, and that's what we're looking for, right? A ghost, something paranormal. I I would say that okay, um, could be, but I that doesn't do anything for me as far as prove any ghost were there. Okay, all right. Well, you know, I I saw in a lot of places people talking about electronics losing power at the site. My guess is it all comes from this particular story, probably Um, because watching the videos. Uh, and I will say, you know, um, Aubrey's videos, when you when you actually get a look inside the place, it's not that spooky. It really isn't. It's it's now a home. Right. Uh, sure. It is. It now very much looks like a home. They've they've done an outstanding job of um, bringing this place back to life. Even when they first got it, it didn't look that you know, desolated. Um, no, I guess, again, I think the previous owners had done quite a bit yeah, to, to clean it up. But so. I have not seen anything where he's had problems with his electronic drills or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's that's more on the side of paranormal then. Like this, this guy came and they were about to do a paranormal investigation and it wasn't like just one piece of equipment lost power it was all of his pieces of equipment at that moment when they were about to record but could that be something more scientific than a ghost well i don't know because if there if other people haven't had this problem if it's not like no this is like a a thing in the world like this spot tends to do that or something like you would think then it would happen all the time so my father used to buy watches you know he liked watches I enjoy a good watch, too. Um, But every time he'd put that watch on, within a week, that watch would be dead. And when when he eventually passed away, I was going through his stuff and uh, found a drawer filled with, like, 30 watches. Wow. (laughs) Um, Does that mean that he was possessed? No. It just, there's something... But that but that was something that was happening over and over again, not just like one time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, again. All right. We'll see. Uh, what is your rating? My rating on that one is a seven. Hmm. My rating on that one is a zero. <laughs> okay. Because it doesn't say anything about ghosts. And okay. that's what I'm looking for in this is ghost evidence. All right. Because that's, 
what would have to haunt something, right? His okay. ghost. All right. Okay. Uh, well, then let's talk about the next one. Oh, okay, good. I'm really looking forward to this. Okay, so this is EVPs. Ah, I love those so EVPs. This, so they did go back um, for more investigation, and they, they did have some, some video equipment and audio equipment. So you can see what they recorded. Um, and for their EVPs, there's two that um, that they caught. One is a male voice saying, at least it sounds to me, it sounds like a male voice saying, let me in. And a little girl, it sounds like going, hmm, hmm, or hmm. Okay. Uh, and there was a lot of other things that, that they claimed to hear. There was like three sections of it where right. they claimed to hear different things. Uh, what I will say is that when I watched uh, Aubrey's first video, um, I think he had just turned the air on and it was extremely loud in there. Like, like I don't know if I could live in that kind of environment if it was that loud. And then in the later videos, it's not as loud. I think that the air conditioning had to work extra, extra hard. And that's what was causing it to make the noise. And as people, we, we have this thing where we uh, try to fit in things that we believe we hear. And what always sets me off with the EVPs is they don't tell you after. They're not like, hey, did you hear? Let me in. They tell you before that, listen, at the 30 to 39 second mark, you're going to hear something say, let me in. So uh, there's that Stone Temple Pilot song. Um and there's one line in there that every single time now that somebody told me that they hear it, I always hear it. And it's um, feeling like a ham and mustard shake. <laughs> and I can't unhear that now that I've heard it. And I used to know what the real lyrics were, but I don't know what they are anymore because I keep hearing feeling like a ham and mustard shake. Uh, be sure to tweet at uh, <laughs> at Patrick Harrington uh, what the real lyrics are. Yeah, I don't even have at Patrick Harrington. I don't know what you have. <laughs> <laughs> at Ghostly, there you go. Yeah, at Ghostly Podcast. Um, but yeah, so I believe that we do a really good job of fitting in pieces to a puzzle. Just like when you're in a bathroom that has tile that you know, um, like has that marbleish look to it. We all see people's faces in the marble and stuff. And uh, it's it's just, that's what we've trained ourselves to do. And I think it's just the AC units or the EVP background noise that we're just focusing and, you know, it's going, and we're hearing, let me in. Because somebody told you that's what you're supposed to hear. I get what you're saying. To me, though, I don't know. It sounds like a voice, uh, and and this is this is a recorded piece of evidence. But there are others who have claimed to hear hear voices as well. So, uh, anyways, I to me, it's it's pretty compelling. Um, All right. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna give this one also a seven. I'm gonna give this one also a. I'm gonna give it a one actually. Okay. All right. You know, um, because there is some noise there. If you force yourself to hear it, you know, if you read what what you're supposed to hear, you're going to hear those words because your mind just plays tricks on you like that. Okay. So a one. All right. 
so one more thing from the trips investigation. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is your favorite. Mm, great. They have two whole videos of orbs. Oh, I've seen them. Yeah. So the first one is uh, a hallway, um, and there are some orb things uh, that show up. Um, to me, the most compelling, though, was the second video. Um, there really wasn't a whole lot for most of it. And then the woman investigator asks the spirits to have the orbs come around her hand. Um, and she says, you know, if you do it multiple times after I'm asking you, it kind of proves that there's thought behind it. You know, that it's not just flares or randomness. Um and while she's doing this, she also f- says she feels like they're they're touching her hand. Um, but anyways, I was watching it and I was like, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. And then, bam, right towards the end, there are these crazy streaking orbs that just start flying by her hands. And it was super creepy. It gave me chills. Um, yeah. Well, um, I will say that it's that infrared kind of um, film that they're using. Right. It's They're in the dark and they're yeah, using- Yeah, it's green, yeah. Uh, which that can cause orbs in itself. It can cause reflections of light to not appear as reflections, but to, but to appear as orbs. It could be a watch moving that picks up some light from some other source, or maybe even the light from the camera that uh, reflects off of it. Um, orbs, to me, there I have never seen any proof that orbs equal ghosts. I've never seen that connection. I've been looking for a connection of where this first started. Uh, I believe it's shoddy equipment or it's uh, equipment that is has dust on it. This could easily, especially that first video, it could easily be dust on it. I I watched that whole thing. Uh, In the second video, I did see the stuff go towards the hand, but that doesn't mean anything. Uh, You know, really, I don't see any proof that orbs equal ghost. Okay. So what would you rate this then? A zero. A zero. I hate them orbs. (laughs) I'm going to give it a six. A little less than the others, but still pretty compelling. All right. All right. I've got one more. Okay. So I mentioned earlier that there's a woman who posted on TripAdvisor um, about her time in the house. Yes. uh, With the previous owner. And I thought this was uh, something we should hear. So she's got a long post, but I just took out the part where she's talking about um, paranormal. So she says, now, is it really haunted? Yes but not in the evil spirit sort of way. Everyone who lives here has heard the voice of a young woman, we guess mid-20s, calling out, hello. I even heard that voice outside once. We used to hear children laughing as if playing together. Christmas of 2014, we bought presents for them and put them under the tree with the rest, opened them last, and left them out for the kids. We have not heard them since. However, odd things still tend to turn up missing for days at a time, only to be found later right when, right where they should have been. The most recent was a remote control for a radio that went missing for two days and then reappeared right where it had been before. 
One of the paranormal TV shows did an investigation here several years ago and did find significant activity on the floor with, on the second floor, but again, nothing evil. So I'm guessing they're referring to, to trip. that trip thing. Yeah. Um, so I think the only thing new here, you know, we talked about the EVPs and voices earlier, um, but this idea of um, things going missing and then showing up. Well, first they talked about the person saying hello. Oh, yeah. So I would like to okay. go over that. You're not sneaking one by us, all Rebecca. Right, all right. Uh, so I read something that Aubrey had done like an interview. So Aubrey's the current owner, right? Mm-hmm. And he said that he was hearing noises that he thought could be paranormal. I'm I'm summarizing what sure. he said. This isn't verbatim. Um, but then he figured out what it was. There is a mechanic shop very close to there within a thousand yards of it. And these, you know... They're mechanics. They're going to be kind of loud, and they play loud music and stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I mean, if you're working, especially in that heat, man, you need to do something to keep your mind off of it. Um, But yeah, so I believe that the voice that they heard could be something like that. And also, he said that you can hear trucks and like where you wouldn't imagine that you're able to hear that far away, but you can, but you can hear them. Because I, I just think it's, be, you know, maybe it maybe it dips down a little bit. Maybe it's like a little bit of a valley or something. And it just echoes the sound differently. I mean, I haven't spent a, a lot of time in Texas. I and mean, I have been to Texas. Have but you been I, to Wichita Falls? No, I've only mm. to some of the big cities. But I do know that it's flat, just like we hear and uh, around Chicago and that uh, there's a lot of open space in Texas. Yeah, well, he says he hears the trucks that, mm-hmm. you know, you can't see immediately. Probably if you were on that roof, you could see it, you know, I'd imagine. Um, but anyways, yeah, I'm going to say that this is all, the that the noises that they, that they hear is um, from the shop that's close by or neighbors. There are neighbors there. Uh, it is actually a pretty open area. He's got a huge yard, mm-hmm. um, which I can't wait to see what they do with that yard. It's it's huge. Um, but you can pick up noises from places around you. Yeah, I, I did read that too. And I, I, will, I will definitely allow that uh, maybe allow? some of the voices... Mm-hmm. Um, that people have heard yeah. could be traveling. So, and then we're going to talk about the objects that turn up missing. Yes. I lose everything. I lose my keys constantly, lose my phone, I lose everything. There's never been a ghost that's been responsible for that. But what I will say about this place is it is a building, right? It is not a house. It doesn't have the same organizational areas. I know Aubrey's, you know, building some areas like that, but um, it's very easy to misplace things when, when there is nothing there that, you know, like for, um, like, I think there was one time he couldn't find a tool or something like that. And I think it was just because, and I think he said, I don't have a work area here, so I don't put everything all in the same spot at all times. If he had done that, he would be able to find it every single time. So I'm believing that um, it's such a big place. To misplace a remote control for a car or something, 
Um, is that what you said it was? No, for the radio. Oh, for the radio. R- remote control for the radio? <laughs> That's what it says. Okay. I don't know. Um, that could explain the EVPs, too. <laughs> remote controlled radio. Oh, I'm just saying. But anyways, um, it's easy to misplace a remote control. Who amongst us has not lost a remote control before? Well, that's true, but it is really weird though because you talk about the disorganization, but this is saying like there was a place for this thing to be, that's where it was, it went missing and then reappeared right in the same spot. Did they have children there? I don't know. And also too, I, I want to say that you had mentioned something before about people hearing children. Yeah. This is way back. I don't know if there was ever children admitted to this hospital. Yeah, that's why I, with that part, I'm kind of like, eh, that could be the neighbors or the other things. Yeah. Kinda... Usually they would not admit children to the same hospital that they're admitting adults to. Yeah. Especially a mental institution. There's two different kinds of care. Um, but I'm just, I don't know. If they had children, the children could have done it. Um, I I don't know. I believe that this <laughs> losing your remote control. Now we're going to blame it on the ghost. <laughs> so what's your rating for uh, for her evidence here? Negative ten. <laughs> no zero. Okay. Zero. All right. I'm going to give it a six. Six. Okay. Yep. What about overall? Overall. Okay. So overall, my rating for uh, Dr. White Sanitarium is a seven. A seven. Okay. Yep. You had a couple sevens and a couple of sixes. Well, maybe. And... Okay. I'll go six and a half. You no. There's no halves. Oh. Okay. Well. Let's then go. Let's go full on. We've done halves before, but all right. I'll do I a have seven. Not. Then. You have snuck I... them in. <laughs> Always sneaking them in. No. Um. I'm gonna go. One. Whoa. Really? Yeah. You only had one one. I know. Okay. But it's enough. It's enough. I mean, it wasn't something that I really believed in, but I'm going to say, okay. Okay. So, um, yeah. All right. So that was my overall rating for it. And then that brings us to our closing arguments. Rebecca, this is your last chance to convince everyone to vote your way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest. Rebecca Rivers, are you ready? Yes. All right, let's go. All right, so I do believe that the White Sanitarium has had some paranormal activity and that it is haunted. Um, It is a place where even if it was on the good side of taking care of the mentally ill. Um, it still was not a great time in our history um, to have mental illness and to, to suffer from, from these, these ailments. And I do think that even if, even if it wasn't super negative, that doesn't mean just like any house, there could be um, people that died there, things that happened there um, that would cause spirits to linger um, I think the paranormal investigation absolutely caught evidence. I invite all listeners to go to ghostlypodcast.com episodes, find the notes for this episode and and watch the videos themselves. Um, and I think it will show you um, that it's haunted. And uh, the fact that someone who lived there. Oh, up, 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 up. Sorry. <sighs> you can finish your thought. I had paranormal activity says a lot. All right. And they weren't trying to make money. Okay. You ready? All right. Yes, I am ready. Okay. And go. 
So I believe that if we look at the current situation of the house and Aubrey and his fine family, his wife, his kid, uh, they do not look afraid to be there. Aubrey said in in other interviews, so I didn't ask him, but he said that um, he has not seen anything paranormal. And um, I got to believe him. I got to believe that this is a place of of goodness, of of trying to help people, of calmness. And I do not believe that there are any ghosts there. I feel like watching his YouTube videos that I know the place pretty well. And um, I do not see anything. All of those paranormal investigations are done with the infrared lights that automatically draw our attention and make us think things are more paranormal than they are. This was not. And I'm done. All right. You did it. I did it. So, um, I want to thank everyone so much for listening to this episode. And I don't remember who originally requested this episode, but I don't either. I'm but sorry. if it was you, know that I thank you, even though I don't remember that you. It might have even been a few people. I re- it was a yeah. popular request. Okay. Yeah. Um, please share us with your friends and family, as word of mouth is our best advertisement. Please. Um, Give us a rating on um, iTunes or Apple Podcast. And if you feel up to it, give us a review, too. We would love to have that, especially those five-star reviews. Oh, yeah. Those are our favorites. And if you do, we will read it on the show. Um, Oh, I'm so excited about the next episode because Mondo's back. Mondo's back. It's been a while. Yeah. And hopefully he'll come up with a country house song because <laughs> that's what we're going to be doing an episode on. It is a place that um, Mondo and I have had some burgers there. Okay. And maybe some paranormal activity? Maybe. 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 It is a known spot in the Chicagoland area. Uh, everybody that studies paranormal activity if you mention the country house they will know what you're talking about yep, it's been investigated on tv and all it of has that good been on stuff. tv and uh that will come out on september 16th also we will be announcing our trivia winners we will our we, trivia winner trivia winner absolutely so um that'll be exciting somebody will be winning a t-shirt yeah that's exciting now uh, are we waiting to talk about October? We are waiting until right now. Okay. Because uh, I announced it on Bob After Dark. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. Um, in October, we always try to do something special. I mean, it's our month, right? I mean, well, it's our anniversary month. It is. Uh, we came out on Halloween of 2018. So crazy. So we're going to be celebrating two years. Two years. And it is the most ghostliest time of the year. Absolutely. So we wanted to do what we did last year. We did an episode every single week. Yep. And we're going to do that in October. And we also did a theme. Mm-hmm. Remember, it was the exorcisms. Yeah, exorcisms, which was really super spooky and super fun. So Rebecca came up with an idea for this October. And I love it. It is amazing. Yeah, uh, super spooky uh, seances. Seances, yes. Talking beyond the grave. Ooh. Ooh. 
And we have an interview lined up. Mm-hmm. We also have some great stories to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so you definitely want to hit that subscribe button because it is going to be off the chain. Yes. Can we say that? I think so. I think that's a thing. I'm saying it. All right. I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's going to be a spooky time of year. We got a lot of good Chicago hauntings in September here, and then we're gonna we're gonna go right into some amazing uh, spookiness with seances in October. It's it's this is it, guys. We're getting to fall. We're getting to spooky time. Spooky time, spooky USA. Time, USA, and Ghostly is going to be here for you. Uh, super excited. Yeah. So tell you tell a friend. Yes. Tell 10 friends. That would be even better. Yeah, because we want, we we can't wait to bring you this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Until then, though, stay ghostly. Bye.